I'm Joe DeClara, and this is the Gaming Trend Podcast. Before returning from our short break, stories of game developers unionizing resounded from the Game Developers Conference, due in no small part to a large roundtable meeting held by the organization Game Developers Unite. Mike Pierce and I discussed this and other topics, including Into the Breach, Kickstarter, and the indistinct differences between turn-based strategy games and real-time strategy games. For the week of April 13th, here's what's trending. Welcome to another episode of our show. We are back after a long hiatus from the show. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Joe DeClara, coming to you to craft a great show every week about video game news and fandom. I am here with my co-crafter of the podcast, one Mike Pierce returning to the show. Mike, how are you? I'm good about you, Joe. Are you feeling uh, you're feeling extra crafty today? Are you? I am feeling craft. I'm so glad you said crafty. I was feeling it. I was like, he's gonna ask if I'm feeling crafty, and I feel so crafty today. Why do you? So why that's is, why. Do figured... you feel crafty because you've been doing uh, like you've been knitting, or have you been no. sewing, or you know, like to... well, what is it? Real talk. I've been playing a little Minecraft lately. Ah. Uh, it was about. It was a few couple weeks ago. I fell off it, but my friends and I got a server going, and they they are minecraft aficionados like they were on it pretty hard for the few years that it was really really popular uh, it's still very popular obviously but i never did the online minecraft experience it had always been a single player like you know explore my seated world and do whatever it is i feel like doing by myself and man minecraft is a whole different game in in multiplayer i never experienced that before so that was a little fun but i did plenty of crafting and plenty of uh building so yeah wow. so, so you, i'm you, feeling you exceptionally crafted crafted a minecraft server and then crafted while playing minecraft that's right it was so much crafting There's a lot yeah, of crafting a lot of crafting yeah, i can see why you're exactly. feeling crafty i get it now yes that that would be why but I'm glad you're here with me to do some of the crafting. We're going to talk a bit, little bit about video games. Uh, we have some news stories that we were going to go over, but the games are kind of coming out right now. We got Far Cry 5 out. Uh, we have uh, A Way Out has come out also. We'll talk a little bit about those later. But first, we're going to talk one little story. Uh, the Game Developers Conference, also known as GDC, commenced and went uh, through its week of uh, events and panels and discussion. One topic that was quite a buzz throughout the whole conference was game developers unionizing uh, this one group, Game Workers Unite, or GWU, launched their Twitter during GDC, had a roundtable discussion and meeting with about 200 developers. They uh, This was all reported on Waypoint and Kotaku and uh, a lot of really cool stories coming out of that. So it's sounding like the movement for creating a game developers union has finally commenced, which is pretty exciting. Uh, it'll probably be a long slog, a long trek for them to actually get somewhere if they do at all. But it's a uh, to me, I think it's a pretty exciting uh, time for that fact. Uh, Mike, what do you think of the idea of game developers unionizing? Well, I mean, it, it, it's tough for me to say fully yay or nay without knowing exactly what it's like to be in the life of a game developer. You know, you hear you hear snippets of how badly they're treated and the crazy hours that they put in and things like that, but. Um, they're, they're just, at least from what I hear, it's just snippets. So it's, I don't really know if this is a, 
an incredibly widespread thing or not but i mean if there if there's a big push to unionize it must be um it must be wider spread than it seems like it is and i'm certainly not going to argue with these people as far as their own work experiences and life experiences go you know i'm not i'm not saying that any of them are oh, sure. misrepresenting the yeah. truth or anything um but if it is you know if the work conditions are as rough and as unforgiving uh, as they say they are, and if they really do feel like uh, more of a what's more of like a, a cog, I guess, in the machine than than a valued employee and a valued human, then they should unionize. Because I don't, you know, big companies like EA and Ubisoft and all this other stuff—they're not going to care. You know, they just want to get their game out and make their money. It's it's the same thing as microtransactions, right? You're just like I said, you're just another cog in the in the machine for profit. So. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if they really are being treated poorly, then they absolutely should unionize and then, uh, and take action. You know, that's what unions are for. Unions are basically built to uphold workers' rights. So yeah, I think they should do it if that's how they feel. I'm, I'm actually part of a union myself now, believe it or not. Oh, really? Yeah. You're, you got your, uh, labor working, you're, it's a laborers, laborers union or I don't know. It's what, called, what uh, cause of. I'm, cause I work for the freight railway here in, uh, in the UK in London, the big, actually it's a, it's a pretty hated union because they, um, they represent the RMT is what it's called rail maritime and transport workers. And it was, uh, it was two or three unions that joined together a while ago to form this big one that's now called RMT. And the the reason here in particular in London that they're they're disliked is because um, there's actually one going on this weekend. There's a, an RMT strike going on this weekend. So all the London Underground or the majority of it is going to be shut down and tons and tons of transport services will be shut down. And it's Easter weekend, of course, here. So yep. um, it's mostly just disliked because they always they do these strikes a few times a year and it, it, it can bring London to a to an almost standstill when they do it so but um yeah at the same time you know we do we put in a lot of hours um especially on the the freight job that i do i'm a shunter um i'm i'm at the risk of severe bodily harm or death all day long literally all day long and a lot of that is my own responsibility but there are, you know, there, there's a lot of considerations that the companies need to make to create a safe environment and things like that as well. So um, I don't know if I'm necessarily for or against unions in general. But anyway, I'm getting on a tangent now. The, 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 no, the no, short, that's fine. The yeah, short it's, answer it's... is, I guess I kind of, if, if these people really do, if they do feel mistreated, misrepresented and not valued appropriately, then they should unionize and and i can sympathize with that yeah i agree um i don't know i wouldn't be one to know if unionizing is a good idea or the right uh answer there is seems to be a practice of exploiting workers people talk about crunch developers spending long slabs of hours of their own time working on games staying nights and working late nights getting in early even sleeping under your desk those kinds of uh stories we've heard before in the past few years especially uh you also 
here about closing down studios, regardless of how games do. Uh, it's often expected if a game does not do well or a, a number of games don't do well from a specific studio, that studio is going to see layoffs or shutdowns. That's expected, but there is also a practice wherein studios do well, like their game does well, and the studio still saw layoffs. Basically, one of the issues is these layoffs, and there's absolutely no stability from what I can gather in a game development. And uh, that, I think, seems to be one of the biggest issues being um, brought up in these discussions if that's happening, then clearly there isn't an answer right now, and unionizing might be the answer. Uh, it can also bring up a lot of problems, right? Like, what if they start unionizing, and then devs who aren't unionized, they start getting hired more, so the union just kind of dies off because nobody's getting hired. Uh, there really needs to be a strong, strong front, which seems to be uh, a possibility once seeing uh, these stories come out of uh, last week's conference. Absolutely. I agree. All right. So let's talk a little bit about video games, of course. Uh, we've obviously been playing a bunch of games in our long hiatus. I've played a bunch of games, a uh, couple that have come out this year. I'm in the middle of playing Far Cry 5 right now, which is ridiculous. I've only just started playing it, though, so I'm not ready to talk about it. I also played a turn-based strategy game, oh, which uh, I feel like, I don't know, you play RTSs. That is your wheelhouse. Uh, and I do not play RTSs. I, ha I don't have any negative feelings against RTSs. I just am not good at them, and I wouldn't know how to dive into them. And was this uh, the we breach? talk about this all the time. Into the Breach is a turn-based game. Yeah, yeah. So are turn-based games something that you're into also, or is it just the RTSs? It, it I don't depends know like, how on, much crossover people have. Well, they definitely cross over regularly. I mean, there's plenty of, of turn-based RTS games out there. Um, I mean, hell, Total War Warhammer is turn-based. So, um, But it's it's like a blend of turn-based. When you're in the when you're doing like big strategic movements, like doing things with your economy or moving armies around or spies or doing diplomacy or stuff like that, that's all turn-based. But then when you actually like go to invade or defend, or, you know, take out another army. That's all done real time. So um, the Total War series is all like a, a blend between that. Um, but XCOM yeah. 2, which you know I was a massive fan of, that's exclusively turn-based, that whole thing. Yeah. And the whole XCOM series, not just XCOM 2. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally into that. But I did see some of the stuff from into the breach and i'm just not into that like super old school look that just doesn't doesn't do oh, anything man. for me that is that is one of the main things for me like i love the uh yeah i'm, well, I I'm into I the pixelated I'm, ba I'm back on the pixelated well sure but like it's actually a fan obviously like you know it's by these uh the guys who made ftl faster than light which was a very popular uh turn-based strategy game mm -hmm. it was very unique novel game uh, and uh, was kind of this indie darling and blew up, especially when it got out on iPad. And uh, would love for this game to get out on iPad or the Nintendo Switch, of course. But this game is definitely very good. Uh, it's kind of serving as my browser game. Like, I'll have it open on the side while I'm also watching a show on my computer or something. Or uh, doing some, not work, because you can't really do work in this at the same time. But since it's turn-based, 
Uh, there isn't too much pressure. You just kind of have it open on the side and it looks great in a window. And it's just such a great game also because of how tight it is. It is a very simplistic uh, turn-based strategy game. It's all based on tiles. Uh, and every map that you encounter is a an 8x8 eight eight tile map that is, uh, I think, procedurally generated. Uh, they... Uh, have these four different islands that have different levels that are procedurally generated and they each island has its own little biome and its own little uh, environmental hazards that are uh, novel to that specific island and the systems in which you're attacking these uh, enemies are all about pushing your enemies and pushing yourself uh, along tiles like if you like you have one artillery unit that will send a mortar uh, any number of tiles along its uh, adjacent tiles, right? So up, down, left, right, it could send a mortar going anywhere. This is and where it begins if it right hits here, next by to the way, it, Joe. What? The, the addiction to RTS. Oh, man. Well, this, I mean, this is, this is you're, definitely you're something. Taste. That's great, because this is definitely, by the way, a great first turn-based strategy game for people out there. Like, I used to play Advance Wars. That was my only turn-based strategy game. I played a little Fire Emblem. I've never finished a Fire Emblem game. So, and I was pretty young when Advance Wars came out, so it's not very good. This is, um, this is a whole other animal. This is really fun. It's, um, and this push-based mechanic... Uh, where you're moving around your enemies and trying to get them to attack each other, like with using line of fire and these push mechanics. It's really, really fun. And uh, I highly recommend it to anyone who's interested in turn-based strategy games, who's interested in just really tight, uh, no-pressure gameplay, and um, who likes the old-school art styles, because that's pretty much what you're getting out of this. Mike, I, I understand you'll like the aesthetic, but like it is such a really... Uh, tight-knit game i keep saying that it is that i think you would enjoy it it's it's got plenty of uh really cool elements to it that i haven't found in a lot of other games but maybe i need to play more rts's and turn-based games so there's there's always that too yeah it just sounds a little i mean it sounds really cool and i'm glad you're enjoying it um and i'm certainly not debating that it's a good game but it sounds like it might be a little bit too simple for me i guess i mean i know a lot of the time those games that um, they seem simple on the surface and they seem a little mon a little bit mundane actually have a lot more depth to them than than you first think they do um, oh. I've certainly encountered strategy games like that before but um, generally I've found games sort of similar to into the breach just not just don't really do it for me but oh. um, Man, if it's like a good primer for you for getting into the RTS genre, then that's great because it oh definitely it only gets yeah. better from there. I would imagine. I mean, like XCOM two is all it's turn based and it's uh, tile based, but obviously the, right. the yep. maps yep. are huge and there's buildings and rooms and obstacles and things like that. Um, and it's, yeah, this makes me want to pick up one of those games. Although this is also kind of fulfilling, uh, like the puzzle uh, itch that I get sometimes, like because. I'll just be sitting there, like looking at. You have the entire map at your disposal all the time, so you don't have to be finicking around mm -hmm. with uh, the game too much. You can just sit there and, and absorb the 
uh, space that you have in front of you. So I tried to stream the game and I realized half like halfway through a map that this must be a terribly boring stream because I'm just sitting there like with my hand on my face, just like trying to analyze what I'm looking at and like what the best <laughs> approach is because very often you'll find yourself in a place where you think you you can't get out of it. One of the elements of the game is you're going to be restarting. Uh, it's kind of like the edge of tomorrow. Um, what's the Tom Cruise name? There's edge of tomorrow, but it also has a different name. Oh, where he's as of tomorrow, I think his was life. the new Live Die Repeat, isn't that it? Live Die Repeat, yeah. So Live Die Repeat Mech Warrior turn based strategy game is this game. Whoa. Basically, you try to beat all four islands or two islands, like you can and you get to the final island, uh, and you try to beat this game in one run. But it's kind of rogue at like esque in that uh, if you fail you and you die you lose and you start over but you can also abandon a timeline you can abandon this uh iteration of you trying to beat the game by sending one of your pilots you have three throughout the whole campaign and you can send one of them back with their experience that they've gained in that run and previous runs possibly you could send them back in time to the beginning of the game and so you start with a little bit of a leg up but you start over essentially hmm. and so you often are restarting and uh, abandoning your games, but uh, you try to push and build up and get there. And uh, I forget what I was trying to explain with that because, uh, but basically it's a fantastic game and um, you definitely spend a lot of time just looking at it and trying to uh, analyze like, have I fucked up? Is this timeline screwed or can I get this to work? And when you get, a single move to work where you, you know, don't take any damage, you save a building and you kill a lot of these enemies, uh, with just one move. It's, it's a really sweet feeling. It feels like you solved a puzzle sort of thing. Like Man, you've unlocked is, the code to this one move. This is it. This is RTSs, Joe. Prepare, prepare yourself. Oh, I'll be right. The thing is, it's so non-pressure because there's no time element. RTSs are real time, so I feel like they're way more stressful. But yeah, I mean, not if I like could get this, if XCOM two though, well, mm. uh, that's yeah, that's true. There, there's a couple. There's some missions on XCOM two where you're limited by turn, like you have to get to an objective or destroy an objective within seven or eight turns or something. But when you're actually mm. moving your individual characters, there's no time limit. You can sit there and stare and pan around and decide who to move I mean, and what to do XCOM like, for isn't, as long as yeah. you want. XCOM isn't an RTS, though, is it? XCOM is absolutely an RTS. I thought RTS meant real-time strategy. Like, well, like you're in real time. Yeah, I suppose it does, but I think the term gets blurred now. I think a lot of the time people just use RTS for any uh -huh. kind of sort okay. of strategy game like that. So. Yeah. Um, I feel like that would be a turn-based strategy game, but it, I, I it totally I, is I, this a turn-based strategy yeah. game. But a lot of people yeah. refer to it as an RTS. I mean, if I ever actually beat Into the Breach, which I will, I I certainly will be looking into XCOM after this. I already have what's it called? Uh, the Switch game. Uh, it's Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, mm. which is an XCOM-like game. Yeah, actually. I heard about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I might just pick that up, or maybe XCOM comes out on Switch, or I just pick it up on Steam during a Steam sale. But I'll I'll you definitely be getting Steam. into some more. 
Yeah. It, you're, I'm definitely getting a high out of this uh, this type of game that I haven't gotten a lot of. Dude, I'm telling uh, you, in like, my past. The, the one thing about XCOM is that you don't just get the highs, but you get the extreme lows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah. you'll like. There'll be times when your whole team just gets fucking murdered or like your favorite character gets killed or just... And that's it for them, right? Well, it depends on the... Yes, that it it is it for them. But different things can happen like depending on what skill level you're playing on. So when your character gets killed, they're, they're done. You can go pick up maybe a little bit of their equipment sometimes, but they're gone. Uh, mm. Now, if you're playing on, I think it's like the the normal or easy setting, you can reload at the last ah. save point during a mission and just redo what you did or restart the mission if you want to. Then yeah, I no think way. there's um, maybe, it, I, I think there's like four difficulty levels or maybe it's three, but I think there's another one where you cannot save during a mission. So if you screw up, the only thing you can do is restart that mission. And then there's mm-hmm. one the hardest one uh and and, you know each one of these the skill level ticks up as well like the enemies get stronger and better um Mm. but the the hardest difficulty there's no like you cannot restart a mission you can't go back a move like it auto saves after every single move you do so every damn move that you make is final so Mm. that and that's it and that that setting is just insanely insanely brutal i've never met anyone that's uh, beaten the game on that i'm sure people have oh i'll do it it is just stupidly hard <laughs> and and <laughs> i like brutal i like the pain that that uh creates because it's, it's uh it's not something like that's why i love PUBG because like yeah it's it's ephemeral though that's the thing PUBG like all right start a new queue whereas xcom i'd be like fuck like yeah. The only time I've ever experienced that is like Minecraft where you die and like you lose all of your shit because you fell in a pool of lava and all of it just burns away. Yeah, and that's and I, it. There's no autosave. There's no like reset uh, loading up saves. I found one of the best things to do. And this is going to sound weird, but it's just like if you're a farmer and like you farm for um, you farm like for livestock meat of some sort, you don't name any of your livestock, right? Because then you start getting attached Ah. to them. (laughs) The thing is like with your, I'm serious. Like I've, it actually helps with your characters in XCOM. If you don't name them, you don't change their appearance. You don't, you don't customize them at all, except for their gear. If you just leave them as is, it actually really helps when they get killed. Because you're like, oh, oh yeah, okay, the dude with the mohawk, like he's dead. Maybe like my second playthrough when I'm an I'm an embattled general who's seen like the battlefield and lost men. Like I'll start doing that. But for my first run through, I'm gonna go deep. I'm gonna like <laughs> I'm gonna put my friends' names there. Like my mom's gonna be in there. We're gonna have everyone in there so I care as much as possible about. Wonderful. Them. And then after Wonderful. that, I'll be like a totally jaded. Uh, grizzled general who like just numbers all of the characters. And I stuff. cannot wait to hear about this. I'm stoked. Oh, I'm so ready. So ready. Okay, I'm ready to play XCOM. Anyway, but we are going to talk a little bit about an RTS that you have some interest in. Uh, it's not out yet, from what I understand, but uh, you very dearly want to see that it does come out. Can you tell me more about it? Yeah. So it's a it's a game called Iron Harvest. And um, there's a Kickstarter going on for it right now. It's already surpassed its goal. I think it's it's almost it's gotten about double what they needed. Um, and they've they've set you know various uh, push goals or whatever. And we're almost at 
the multiplayer mode. So if we get one more, uh, you know, like we reach one more benchmark, then we'll get multiplayer with the RTS, RTS and the one above that is co-op campaign, which would also be really cool. But mm. anyway, about this game, uh, it's an RTS and it's set in a unique sci-fi-ish kind of... Um, Oh, what the hell's the word I'm looking for? Like a, a historical fiction kind of a thing. Um, so it's the, the like this, this time period and art that inspired it was invented and pioneered by this Polish guy, and I'm gonna probably butcher his name here, but I think it's Jacob Rosalski is how you say it. And sure, you can go to he, he's. It's not like this is an old school thing. This guy's still alive and producing art. He's got a web page, and there's lots of really really cool stuff on it. Actually, I actually really like his uh, his art. And what he started creating was this crazy um, art that's a little bit reminiscent of steampunk, but it's set in the 1920s in this sort of post World War One, uh, vaguely apocalyptic kind of setting that he's come up with and so you'll see these crazy pictures with soldiers with really weird sort of sci-fi-ish steampunkish guns and then some like huge mech in the background um it's really really funky and cool looking art um and i think some people are starting to call it diesel punk instead of steampunk diesel now. punk okay sure yeah and um, like the idea is like based on what the the uh, energy source is coming from right like the I idea of so. steampunk is like if 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 we didn't progress into a world where we have electricity we would use steam for everything but technology would still continue to increase like dishonored is they they called arcane studios called dishonored's fictional world whale punk because they use whale oil right. to uh right. generate their things so whale punk it's a thing yep make a million games well, on it. anyway sorry Diesel punk, yeah, yeah, and um, it's King Art has made some other games, and uh, I don't think any that are incredibly notable. But they all they were all Kickstarters, and so they've had four successful Kickstarters before. And this one obviously is successful now because they've already gotten way over their goal. Um, I don't like I said I don't know much about the developer, but they have brought on some interesting talent. Like they brought on a guy who's a former champion a former ESL champion for Company of Heroes. Mm -hmm. So he's presumably going to help a lot with um, the gameplay and the, the strategy mechanics and things like that. And from the demos that they've put out and the, the trailers, it does look, I mean, obviously other than the art style, it does look reminiscent of, or reminiscent of the uh, Company of Heroes style, which is really, really good because those are great strategy games. Um and they also brought a composer that had uh, previously worked on the Witcher series, so oh cool, yeah, that's going to help the um, the soundtrack quite a lot. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and according to having a composer will be very beneficial to the soundtrack. No, <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, <laughs> it was a funny way to phrase it, but yeah, I understand. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't know, it just looks really good. Like I've seen, I, I've seen the videos of it already, and the the destruction and the cover mechanics already look ridiculously polished, and really, really good. And I, I'm, I really can't say. And just from what I've seen, I haven't played it. You can. There are um, YouTubers out there who've already had access to like a pre pre alpha, so mm. you can look up actual gameplay of this besides trailers and demos. Um, but even with those, it looks phenomenal. It really, really does. And it looks super unique. 
Um, like there's there's a big huge mech. I don't know what they call them in this game, but and it's holding you know the equivalent of a massive rifle, and it just has this gigantic bayonet on the end of it. And you can get mm. it to like charge other robots, and it will just push them across the field, and then like knock them down. Mm-hmm. And um, just all these really cool, crazy mechanics. And there's seen these machine gun platforms that have these like arachnid legs on them almost, and they sort of like track across the ground with these weird, creepy looking diesel punk leg things. And um, it's just incredibly unique and and creative and. The art style, really, I think, is what grabbed me to begin with. But it looks like it's going to actually be a very solid RTS game. So, I'm. So, is it the fiction that like got you most excited about this, or like those? Uh, is it were those mechanics like novel to the RTS series, like those moves that these characters are able uh, are capable of? I don't think those moves necessarily are novel, but I just think that they've. They've taken a really unique art style that um, really I don't think anyone else has ever used before um, wow. and turned it into a game that looks really, really solid. You know, and the Company of, Hero- Company of Heroes series is well-respected as one of the best RTSs probably ever. Um, mm. And it looks very repini- reminiscent of that in terms of gameplay. So with the, mm. the art and the solid mechanics and then... Um, you know, you throw in all the other things. They seem very honest and very transparent with their developing process as well if you read their Kickstarter page and things like that. And they've already had sure. four successful Kickstarters prior to this. So, you know, it's not like you're betting on a, you know, you're betting on a whim kind of a thing. Um, yeah, man, that's a new issue now. So it's, it's good to hear that now, like, some Kickstarter crews have uh, a track record and a good one at that because, like, we've heard plenty of, stories where you know the kickstarter uh went through but then people ran with the money like that happens sometimes with kickstarter and uh like what was it the ant simulator that was a huge debacle uh of kickstarter well as far as kickstarter stories go so it's good to hear that now some crews have a track record and a good one and like it's it's now become this stable place uh, platform to to get uh projects going yeah, I think I, I think it, it, it's it's always had potential to be really good, but you're right. There's been a lot of these weird, like, oh, we, we did really good on our goal, and we got plenty of money, and we just didn't deliver, and no one's getting anything. Yep. You know, I've been a part of. Or one they of just those disappear. With, uh, like so many disappear, just yep. like oh never, yeah, never yep. heard from again. I I what the hell was it? I backed something called like the Glowing Plant Initiative or something, and it went it went fucking bananas on. <laughs> on kickstarter it really did like they blew their goal out of the water like they might it might have i might be exaggerating but i feel like they got something just ludicrous like a thousand percent of their goal and they got millions and millions and the idea was that they were going to try to bioengineer some sort of a plant to be uh or genetically engineer a plant to be bioluminescent so it would glow in the dark and really cool concept right and five years down the line or whatever, they just recently sent an email, I think a couple months ago, that said, yeah, we're done. We're out of money. We weren't ever able to do it. We're dissolving. It's all over. Sorry. And that was it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Happens all the time. Yeah. We should it's start a Kickstarter. Fucking infuriating. We will craft, oh, well. craft the greatest podcast ever, and then we will 
decraft it and run with it and then it'll be and we'll, we'll pocket all the money it'll be great so much crafting yes all the crafting so this game uh pitched the name one more time and you did back it right we just just so we, i, I did, think you already said that i did back it yeah it's called iron harvest um should also say there's three factions which i think is also cool they're not um the usual ones it's not like fucking u.s versus germany or anything like that there's the mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. the saxony empire the polania republic and uh i'm not sure if they're saying it rusviet or rusviet but the idea is that it's sport rus rusviet is sort of the remnants of the russian empire you know post-world war one and oh wow then the the polania republic is the sort of the i'm guessing sort of eastern europe with poland obviously and probably some parts of eastern europe and then um then there's the saxony empire um, which is probably more Western Europe-ish. So it's, uh, I'm pumped about it, man. And I did back it. Yeah, I did the, what the hell did I do? The $45 level sure. or something like sure, that? Sure, sure. Yeah, that's fine. We, uh, it's, it sounds good. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know if that'll be my first RTS. I'll have to get, go through the, the paces and probably play some StarCraft and some XCOM if that's, uh, considered an RTS, or I'll just get in there anyway because it sounds great. But uh, you Shit, let me know how this one goes. I think you can get StarCraft goes. Remastered for free. Remastered? I downloaded StarCraft 2. I actually played through the demo a little while ago when I was waiting for Into the Breach because I, again, thought like, oh, there's somewhat one's an RTS, one's a turn-based game. We'll see how it goes. And I was oh, liking okay. it. It is very complex. Like, the RTS is... There's a lot to digest, and... You have to definitely, like, it's, it clearly is like a game, I can tell, that you have to memorize every unit of every faction, and just that's a whole other thing that I don't know if I have the time for, but I would I would love to. You'll get there. You'll get there, Joe. Have faith. Yeah. Yeah. Will do. All right. So we're going to call it a night for now. Uh, Mike, thanks so much for coming on and having some crafty things to say about our podcast and video games and RTSs. And uh, we'll get back on the full definition of an RTS. We'll, we'll have like a, a referendum and we'll, uh, we'll get to the bottom of it another time. And uh, definitely we'll have, have a good week, man. I hope to talk to you more next time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for having me on your uh, well-crafted podcast. Okay. <laughs>